1: Hey there! Happy Valentine's Day! I'm so grateful. (laughs) Yes, so grateful to share the love and to put the attention and focus on love. So grateful. Yes, well we're talking about relationships all month this month. This is what uh, has become my tradition. So if you're interested in relationship support and topics, all you have to do is look in the archive in February, and you'll see lots of uh, relationship episodes. We, of course, do relationship episodes all through the year because, of course, in miracles tells us that our relationships are our number one tool for healing our mind. So we're taking advantage of it and focusing on that together today. And I appreciate you joining me. Yes. I've had so much feedback over the years of how helpful the relationship episodes are, and uh, I enjoy doing them. So today and all this month, we're doing something different, which is uh, I'm taking questions. And so uh, I, I put the link in my daily spiritual espresso, my personal blog, which I publish every day with a fresh, fresh new prayer every day. Uh, inspiration every day, Fresh New Prayer every day, you can subscribe to it. It's totally free. I call it my daily shot of spiritual espresso at jenniferhadley.com. And uh, so I put the link in there if you would like to call in and ask me a question or if you'd like to type in a question as a number of people have already done. So uh, let us begin with a prayer as we always do. I like to place my hand on my heart and take a deep breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to unlimited, unprecedented, pure love, so grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to the fullness of love. We are partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of remembering our true nature and our true identity is already free it's already perfect it's already as holy as holy can be we are grateful and thankful to surrender all belief in lack and limitation we're surrendering all belief in limitation so grateful and so thankful to let go of thinking we know what anything is for so grateful and thankful to let go of the illusion and the delusion that we're separate from our brothers and sisters. We are grateful to wake up and remember we are one. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our clarity with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we joyfully allow the healing to be. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 All right, I'm going to hop right to the questions here. And we've got Bernadette from England. She's in it to win it, I know, because she's also a part of uh, my sacred circle. And... uh My sacred circle, by the way, is similar to what we're doing here. I take uh, any question every week in my sacred circle, and I do spiritual counseling. So that's what we're doing today. Bernadette writes in, On Friday, I had a deeply connecting time with my ex. We talked for six hours and had a meal together. Afterwards, I felt very loved, very accepted, and experienced a sense of peace and healing. On Saturday, I sent a text to say thanks for our healing time together, but didn't get any response. Suddenly, I was experiencing sadness, abandonment, feelings of worthlessness. I was amazed by the extreme contrast in my emotions and my feelings of helplessness around them. It makes me fear relationships and getting too close. It's exhausting. Any thoughts? Yes, I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> so first of all, Bernadette, what I would encourage you to do is give thanks for this entire experience because what's what this is typical of what we experience, so we experience the great joining and the connection and the love and the holiness of the relationship, and then the ego takes something and interprets it. As, oh no, the love is not real. Only the separation is real. Only the illusion, the delusion, the problem is real. You were deluding yourself yesterday. You wanted to believe that that love, that connection was real, but that's not what's real. What's real is the separation. That's how the ego thought system operates. So you took the not hearing back on your text message, and uh, as the ego always does, it interprets things, it makes the meaning of things that uh, is inappropriate, unhelpful, and incorrect. So for instance, uh, I was just uh, reading earlier today one of my favorite lessons in the workbook, which is number 25. I do not know what anything is for. And it starts with, Purpose is meaning. Purpose is meaning. Today's idea explains why nothing you see means anything. You do not know what it is for. Therefore, it is meaningless to you. Everything is for your own best interests. Right? Another way that the Course says it is, all things work together for good, There are no exceptions. Another way it says it is in Lesson 135, what could you not accept if you but knew that everything was gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? So everything is for your own best interests. That is what it is for. That is its purpose. That is what it means. It is in recognizing this that your goals become unified. It is in recognizing this that what you see is given meaning. You perceive the world and everything in it as meaningful in terms of ego goals. These goals have nothing to do with your own best interests because the ego is not you. This false identification makes you incapable of understanding what anything is for. As a result, you're bound to misuse it and misinterpret. When you believe this, you will try to withdraw the goals you have assigned to the world instead of attempting to reinforce them. So, you assigned meaning to not receiving back a text. And I can just tell you honestly, I get texts all the time that sometimes I don't even see it for a week. I get phone messages that sometimes I don't see for months. Just because of my relationship to my phone is not that intense. I'm not um, as tuned into it as other people are. So it would be easy for some people to make a meaning of it that, oh, I don't care. Not at all. Not at all. And so what's real is the love is real. And the interpretation that the ego made that you experienced the next day, Saturday, Bernadette, when you didn't hear back, that's what's not real, right? And here's how you know. When you had the time together with your ex and the meal together, and afterwards you felt so loved and accepted and a great peace and healing, that's real. That's how you know it's true. The upset, the sadness, the abandonment, the feelings of worthlessness, that's what's not real. That's pure ego. And so when you experience that, that's where your suffering is. Uh, and because you're you're interpreting it through the lens of the past now here 's what 's really 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 super super helpful, and like the major valentine 's day gift here what what 's it what 's it all for? This is a question that i 've learned to ask myself all the time so lesson twenty five I do not know what anything is for okay, who well, let me ask? Let me ask the spirit, what is it for? What is it for? And in Lesson 25 here, it says right here, everything is for your own best interests. That is what it is for. That is its purpose. That is what it means. So you got triggered. If you hadn't gotten triggered, you wouldn't know that there's something lurking in your awareness, some false identification that can be healed so that it is dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root cause and you don't experience it anymore. So the healing opportunity is revealed. Now, the, the, the thing that we are training our mind to do is when the upset comes, I call it the divine alarm clock, when it comes, that's the moment that we choose healing instead of being upset. So that's why I love Lesson one, uh, lesson 25. If there's a feeling of upset that's starting, just go right to, wait a minute, I don't know what anything is for, except everything is for my own best interests. Everything is for my learning. Everything is working together for good in my life. There are no exceptions. So rather than see this through the lens of the past, this is my opportunity to have the Holy Spirit remove the lens of the past from my mind forever. Mm -hmm. That's what this is for. So, you see, we learn so well through contrast, and yours is the perfect example, Bernadette. One day you're feeling the love. It's so wonderful. You're feeling the healing. The next day you get triggered by the meaning you make of it, by your interpretation, and the contrast is there. You can continue to believe through the false identification of separation and the ego to make the same meaning you've made of things in the past, or you can choose to have a healing like you did the day before. So it's up to you. You are the decider. You are the chooser. No one can decide for you. No one can choose for you. But when you decide to give up your attachment, the meaning you've made of it, your interpretation, when you decide to choose love, then the healing is right there. It's there for you. All that's required is your willingness. You must truly be willing. So when we're upset, that's an indicator that we're just not willing. We're clinging to the meaning we've made of things. And you see, this is one of the things that I was talking about recently, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, in uh, in the radio broadcast, where the ego, uh, when we're identified with the ego, we... We literally think that pain is happiness and happiness is pain. It's a backwards world when we're identified with the ego. So think about it. When we're identified with the ego, we think our happiness comes from attacking people. We think our happiness comes from feeling better than other people. Even there are times when our happiness comes from feeling sick and less than and worthless. And we can pile it on and pile it on and go into self medication and self sabotage. And we're we're choosing it with a perverse sense of we could call it ego happiness versus joy, true joy, which is what spiritual happiness is. So we're when we're identified with the ego, our choices are not healthy, and that's why One of the key things A Course in Miracles tells us is to say to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to the angels, to the company of heaven, to all that is holy and wise, and can see beyond all directions of time and space, you decide for me. Saying to the Holy Spirit, you decide for me. When there is not peace, we've made a wrong decision. And something is coming up for healing so we can rejoice and we can celebrate and I, I I mean it it's so worth doing a dance like you know really doing a dance, celebrating have a nice meal, go for a nice walk um, just do something celebratory. Oh my stuff is up for healing and the Holy Spirit's gonna do the heavy lifting because I am so willing to not believe these thoughts anymore. And even if you've just spent the last week crawling around in the muck and the mire of your wrong decision, you can at this moment, like the prodigal son living with the pigs and realizing, oh my God, I would have better food to eat. I would have better conditions to live in if I were a servant in my father's house. I'm going to go home and 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 ask for a servant's job in my father's house. And so we can ask for the 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 position of being a servant in our heavenly father mother god's house. And we can serve the light. And in that All the suffering will dissolve and resolve if we let it. So thank you for bringing that up, Bernadette. Thank you. You are in service to the light today. Oh my goodness, yes. Ah, All right. So I am going to uh, take a sip of my water here and then uh, read Lisa's here. Lisa writes from New York, Hi Jennifer, how to know when it's time to leave a relationship. You often talk about how when we change our thoughts and become more loving and forgiving than those around us change. I do, do believe this is true. I've seen demonstrations of this. I know that if we don't work on our spiritual connection and instead live with the ego directing us in judgment, we can label others as wrong, leave them, and then attract the same type of person. I know there is a section about this in the course. Yeah. uh, Chapter 17, Section 5, The Healed Relationship. Read it again and again. (laughs) It says, this is guaranteed until we learn to live and hold forgiveness and love. We will we will be given those lessons usually through suffering over and over. However, what if you're doing the work and the other seems resentful, angry at their own choices, and unwilling to work together? They even behave in unkind and obnoxious ways and are in constant sarcasm. And blame. What if they have a deep family history of narcissism and do not feel that any change is possible? Thank you, Jennifer. Masterful Living is a gift and is so helpful in supporting me. Love you all. Yes. So glad you're in Masterful Living this year, Lisa. Yay. (laughs) We're going to be doing so much relationship healing work this year, as always. All right. So here's the thing. When is the time to relieve a relationship is your main question, Lisa. So, short answer, when the Holy Spirit makes it clear. Okay. When you can leave with peace and harmony in your heart. All right. Now, here's something to recognize that. Would you like to leave this? And I'm going to expand this for everyone here who's considering, because this is a very, very common question that I get. Would you like to leave to get away, to escape? Or are you thinking of leaving because it's unpleasant and you don't like it, right? It's bothering you. You're getting triggered. Uh, If you're feeling that you'd like to leave because you feel complete, and you feel at peace with the completion, and you know it's time to move on, you feel interdirected in a very peaceful way, then just tell the Holy Spirit, I'm ready to leave, you guide me, you direct me, you decide for me, and you will know exactly when to go, where to go, what to do, Right? So it's the same thing as the truly helpful prayer on page 28. I'm here to be truly helpful. And the one who sent me will guide me and direct me and tell me what to say, and where to go, and when to go. And all of that will be revealed to us. Now, it's a practice to really trust it. Obviously, if someone is being physically abused, you wouldn't put up with that. You would uh, lovingly Get yourself to a safe space, right? Of course, uh, but I'm not hearing that in your case at all, Lisa. So, um, but what some people for some people this kind of anger and all of that would feel emotionally abusive, and um, we we wouldn't wish to experience that and put ourselves through that. Okay, it's really. It's not necessary for growth to, to endure any kind of uh, attacks. So emotional attacks, physical attacks, mental attacks are not healthy for children and other living things. So uh, that may be the indicator that it is is really time for you to go if that's how you're feeling. If you're feeling attacked, attacked, attacked. Uh, you can still continue the relationship, right? So one thing is, that I think is extremely important to consider, very valuable to consider, is that the relationship can continue and we don't have to live together, but we can still relate to each other. Indeed, since we're one with each other, we will always be relating to each other because we share the same mind. We share the same mind. And... One thing that uh, I have done is I have, uh, in a number of instances, said to the Holy Spirit, okay, take the relationship, make it holy. And I've done a lot of radio shows about this, and I did a Living a Course in Miracles series about holy relationships. Uh, we had 17 classes, all completely 100% about holy relationship. And you can find those at LivingACourseInMiracles dot com. Uh, uh, I forget it was called um, Holy Relationships, something like that, in the store at LivingACourseInMiracles dot com. You could still purchase it. Um, so we we give the relationship to the Holy Spirit to make it holy. And then we have to be willing to follow the guidance because what's going to happen is we're going to start to really witness where are we not being loving, not being compassionate. And uh, I, I recently did a class on uh, self-love. And I talked a great deal about being dysfunctionally compassionate. So when we have love for others but not for ourselves, we make other people's feelings and um, more important and we're actually being uh, quite codependent. And enabling them to be dysfunctional—that's dysfunctional compassion. I mean, compassion really can't be dysfunctional. But there's the—it looks like it's compassion, but it's not. It's a dysfunction. It's codependency. And uh, that that class was called self-love, and uh, it was about self-healing. And it's a free class and I believe you can still find it on the events page at jenniferhadley.com, and you can sign up for free to have that class. Um, so it's time to leave a relationship, in a sense, never. But we give the Holy Spirit the guidance, I mean, it, to the permission to guide us and direct us so that we know where to go, what to say, and when. Right, And then we'll know in our heart that we can say to someone, this does not feel healthy to me or to you. And so this is one of the key things that spiritual students um, sometimes take a long time to learn. I sure did. I still have a challenge with it. I'll be honest with you, is when are we actually enabling someone because we don't wish to say, look, this is unacceptable to me. I'm not going to engage in this. When are we forgiving people? Of course, we're always forgiving, but we're we're not saying, um, I'm not going to judge you for this. I'm not going to judge myself for what happened. I'm not going to judge either of us. I don't need any judgments or any opinions about this. But I recognize this does not feel healthy. It does not feel good to me. I don't feel like I'm loving myself or you by participating in this. So I am not going to participate in this in this way anymore. So, this kind of conversation, these kinds of thoughts, these kinds of activities don't feel loving to me. I am not going to participate in them anymore. I'm not going to keep this energy going. And in my experience, when I've given the relationships over to the Holy Spirit, uh, the temptation is to take it back again and to try to control, to try to manipulate, to try to manage, to try to cope. That's not helpful. That's putting the ego in charge all over again. And it's just not helpful. So, what I've learned is really to let the Holy Spirit just keep giving the control, the power back to the Holy Spirit. Because remember, there's that beautiful prayer at the end of chapter 5 on page 90 in the text that says, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. But I'm the one who decided So now I can decide for peace, and most importantly, or to me, it's such a huge relief, I can give all the consequences of my wrong decision to the Holy Spirit to undo, and the Holy Spirit will undo them for me. That's what I mean when I say the Holy Spirit will do the heavy lifting of figuring out how to cleanse and heal and Purify everything in all directions of time and space, which the Holy Spirit can do if we let it happen. And so that prayer on page 90 is, I choose to let it happen because I choose to be at peace. I choose to have the healing. So these are the steps to take. Number one, something's something's in the air making me want to sneeze. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we can give the whole relationship to the Holy Spirit, make it holy. And then will we abandon the relationship or will we allow ourselves to be guided and directed? So in being guided and directed, we must watch carefully. Where do we wish to judge? Where do we wish to have opinions? Where do we wish to go into attack or victimhood? or any of those things? Or do we choose peace? Do we choose to, to let the Holy Spirit undo all the consequences? Are we willing to give up the blame, the regret, the resentment? And that, for most of us, is a bit of a journey. To give up all the attachments to the blame, the shame, the regret, the resentments, the guilt, the hurt, the fear, the doubt, the worry. And so it's one choice and one decision at a time. All right, it's time for me to take a break here. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jennifer Hadley. And together we are walking the talk. We're living the love right here on Valentine's Day. Don't go away. I'll be right back.
0: Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. Get ready to focus on your intent. To be the love, be the peace, through practical application, as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk.
1: Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about relationships today as part of our Relationship Month. Happy Valentine's Day. And I am going to continue on with uh, more of Lisa's question. So one of the things she's asking here um, is what if you're in a relationship and you're doing this spiritual work and the person you're in a relationship with seems resentful, angry at their own choices, and unwilling to work together? Excuse me, they even behave in unkind and obnoxious ways and are in constant sarcasm and blame. What if they have a deep family history of narcissism and do not feel that any change is possible? So now here's the thing. When someone believes that no change is possible, they're incorrect, but as long as they insist on believing it, no change is possible. So, because they believe no change is possible, no change is possible. And that being the case, if they're being angry, argumentative, sarcastic, obnoxious, unkind, then and I've certainly had experiences where I was in not a romantic relationship, but in a friendship with someone who, uh, or mm, an acquaintanceship with someone who was like that. And I I just stayed in my loving heart with them. They gave me an opportunity to, to be stronger hearted more loving, more compassionate, and I really I didn't make plans with them. I didn't do anything to try and spend time with them because they believe they can't change. I don't believe it, so I can hold them in my heart with so much love and tenderness. And you know, I can honestly say, Elisa, that I've had counseling clients who, for instance, uh, had a desire, let's say, to have a loving relationship and a marriage, a partnership, to have a family, or to uh, do any number of things, right? To um, go from hiding and living in shame to sharing their gifts and talents and being successful in the world and shining their light, right? So I've worked with many people Like that, who uh, start with feeling like these things are not possible for them, that they are stuck in a hole. Um, However, they're coming for help. No one comes for help that doesn't have some belief that it's possible to change. And for sure, for sure, for sure, no one comes to me (laughs) who really, truly fully believes that they cannot change. So in my experience, the people who come to me, they may think they believe they cannot change, but it's more accurate, I think, to say that they fear they cannot change as much as they fear that they can or the cha- they fear the change itself. So I, I work with a lot of people who fear they cannot change while simultaneously fearing the changes they desire. And of course, Miracles talks a lot about being in that predicament. I can totally relate to it. So, this being uh, a common occurrence, let me say that... Um, if someone is telling you they believe they cannot change, um, they probably are not telling the truth because in their soul there's the certain knowledge that they can change and they will change. <laughs> they will. It might take many, many lifetimes, but probably not, um, because the impetus for change is so strong. I mean, hello, you're in their life. Look at what you're doing. You are in a total uh, pedal to the metal healing. Experience. You're in masterful living, for God's sake. So, um, if they're with you in any way, shape, or form, they're in a relationship with you. There is willingness to change, or they would never have been attracted to you. So, they're giving you a an opportunity to look at what the ego looks like, right? It's that learning through contrast. You can see the contrast of what they believe versus what you're choosing. Now, they will shift and change as you shift and change because all minds are joined and because they're so close to you. But... You do not have to subject yourself to anything like that. There's no good that can come from that. Now, this is a key point that I'd really like to make here that I started to to talk about before the break. This is one of the most challenging things for many spiritual students to get. It certainly was challenging for me. It's a part of that whole dysfunctional compassion thing that I was talking about before the break. So when we allow someone in our life to treat us badly we're actually creating our own negative karma because we're here to support people in loving themselves free by loving ourselves free if we allow someone to treat us badly that's not loving now here's one, one help for you If you have, uh, let's say you had a child and that same person that you love was treating your child badly, would you allow it? Would you make allowances for them? Would you say, well, you know, he or she is uh, so verbally abusive to the child and mean to the child and sarcastic to the child and angry around the child and blaming the child, ridiculing the child, but... You know, I understand because he or she is afraid. He or she doesn't believe change is possible. He or she was punished and tortured when they were a child. And so um, I understand why they act out. Chances are you would not allow your child or someone else you loved to be treated that way. So don't. Do not allow yourself to be treated that way because you're only making it harder for them. Because whenever anybody treats someone else unkindly or unlovingly, they're going to feel guilty and bad and ashamed at some level. Right now, a lot of people who do that on a regular basis will be in denial of it and they'll justify what they're doing. You're talking about narcissism, right? So, we can see that kind of bullying, angry, abusive behavior in uh, the world, right? We can see people who act that way, people who um, attack when they feel threatened. Right, so it sounds like this is what's happening with your friend. Uh, if you allow yourself to be attacked, then you are uh, you're not helping them. Of course, the miracles also says, "In my defenselessness, my safety lies." And it and it feels to me, Lisa, like you really get that that you can't actually be attacked. Um, it You have to agree in order for yourself to be attacked, but you're just we're not helping people when we accept their abuse because they are going to feel badly about it, and um, you're still in relationship with them even if you're not talking with them and spending time with them so timeouts uh, can be a really helpful tool in. Shifting things can be a really helpful tool in shifting things. Uh, yeah, it's tricky. You know, one thing I'll I'll mention for those who are experiencing these kinds of challenges, because many are. Uh, one thing you might consider is. Um, I have some things in my store at jenniferhadley.com. Also, Be a Love Magnet is one uh, class that I did. Of course, my um, How to Get Over It Forgiveness Workshop, which is free. And then I also have a uh, self-love CD. And I have another set called Relationship Reboot. So there are some uh, extra additional um, courses. Also, I'd like to to... Make sure everybody knows that um, in addition to my own counseling that I do, I'm training spiritual counselors. I will likely be having my next spiritual counseling training intensive, which is a week-long intensive. Anyone can join. And people who have done it that have told me uh, it's uh, been life-changing and just tremendous for them are people who are already coaches, already therapists. Already counselors, people who are simply parents and grandparents, Uh, and um, so a whole variety of people have taken my spiritual counseling intensive as a standalone thing, not part of the, uh, not participating in the certification program. I've told me it was um, very useful and helpful to them in furthering their ability to listen and communicate in relationship. So I think I'll be doing. The next one, the last week of April. Um, And um, I'm also at the Utah Conference, uh, A Course in Miracles Conference, Easter weekend. You can read about that at the events page at jenniferhadley.com. And I'm doing a retreat in March, uh, mid-March, so just about a month from now. Uh, and I'm I'm calling it Masterful Living Retreat because we're gonna really dive deep, do deep work. Uh, my that's the whole thing about my retreats. So we have a lot of fun. There's always a lot of laughter, and you know what? There's also some real deep healing and clearing. So sometimes there's tears. And um, my objective in every retreat is that people would really feel renewed, restored, ready to do things differently, having the strength and the clarity of what to do, how to do it, and really feel deeply empowered to um, go forward with a lot less emotional and mental baggage. So um, this retreat coming up is the last weekend of winter here. It's in the New York area, and so it's pretty easy to get to. and. Uh, we have an early bird special on till March second. Uh and uh you can get in, get a payment plan going. Uh I'd love to support anyone who wants to come and do the deep work with me and to laugh and play and have fun because oh, we really do that. And it's just oh you know what I love is um I did a number of retreats last year and it's the difference between people how they feel when they start and when they end. It's tremendous, just tremendous. Um, The light in their eyes and their smiles on their faces, so different, It's just tremendous. So come and bring your relationship stuff. We'll work on that for sure. All right, so uh, last question here. I think this is... um, not sure how to pronounce this, but Narjus in England writes, how can I find a relationship where I can find everything I want in a person? I meet men who I have good conversation with and others who meet my sexual needs, but how can I find everything together? That is such a great question. So, so first of all, when you say, where can I find Everything I want in a person. Um, I just want to clarify that I believe what you mean is to find all the qualities that you'd like to have in a partner in one person, not everything you'd like in a person. In other words, because to me, uh, everything that I receive, everything that's good, I'm interested in receiving from spirit, and spirit. Loves me and teaches me and expresses goodness to me through people. So, but I'm not anticipating getting everything I need from a person. But I certainly understand having a desire to have great. Sexual connection and romantic connection and emotional connection and mental and intellectual connection to feel like you're, you have a partner who uh, understands you and appreciates you, that you have a great, uh, intimate, heartfelt connection. One thing I know is some of the most healing and productive relationships don't have the total package because it's about working through stuff. So that's another thing going back to what I was starting with at the beginning of the, the, I want to say class, at the beginning of the episode where I was quoting from Lesson 25, I do not know what anything is for. <clears throat> we think we know what we want, but we don't actually know. We think we want the total package in one person because we think that's what's going to make us happy. We think that's going to be the most wonderful thing. We think that that's going to be the most healing and the most productive. But what if it's not? What if it's not? What if the most expansive healing and productive thing is that we don't get all of our needs met by one person. If, there, if, if our one person had it all, not that it can't be wonderful that way, but for some people, if one person had it all, they might start to idolize that person and make them a false idol so to me it's everything i receive i receive from god everything i give i give to god um uh, but i certainly understand that longing to have that deep connection emotionally and mentally as well as physically and perhaps the the way that many relationships work at least in my observing of People, I'm 57 years old, so I've seen people in relationships that started when they were in their 20s, and they're evolving and they're still in relationship. And, um, you know, uh, it's kind of like uh, there's that saying that people say, um, in your work, in your career, you can have uh, two of the three following things. You can have, uh, or in your life, you can have a great family, you can have a lot of money, you can have great work, but you can't have all three. I, I don't believe that. But the the thing is, is what if the thing for our spiritual growth is that we have a great physical connection, and then that is so beautiful and so strong that it keeps us in the relationship so that we will develop the emotional and the mental and intellectual connection that we don't give up on it because we have the enjoyment of the sexual relationship or vice versa. We have such a wonderful, intimate, emotional and mental connection with someone that we're willing to really we could say work on or develop that physical intimacy and connection and uh, if you, if you're interested in monogamy which most people are so or many people are so what if that this is your life the your the men in your life are showing up this way so that you will come to choose to really have a healing in some area where there's a block in your mind that you can't have it all, all right? So that's one thing I would invite you to do is to say to God, you decide for me. Send me the perfect mate for me to have uh, my heart opening, my mind opening, my spirit opening, and to live a life of extraordinary healing expansion, clarity, love, joy, freedom, beauty, sensuality, uh, and rather than trying to figure it out with your intellect. All right, great, great question. Feel free to uh, pose a follow-up question next week. Next Tuesday in my blog, I will post the link for next week's uh, questions, so stay tuned to my blog for that. Uh, we've got two more weeks of the Q and A format, so yay! Uh, you know this radio show is listener-sponsored radio, and you can make a contribution at jenniferhadley dot com on the donation page. You can also do that at Miracles dot com. All the shows are produced by the Power of Lim. Lim- Ministry the Power of Love Ministry dot net as well as Unity online radio. We're co-producing here. And I'd like to just mention that we are uh, transcribing the radio shows. If you have a special episode you'd like me to transcribe, just write to admin at jenniferhadley.com. We'll put it at the top of the list. I think we've got more than seventy transcribed right now. You can go and download them totally for free at Living a Course of Miracles on the um, the uh, resources page. Also, we have the A Course of Miracles app for uh, all Mac. Uh, iPads and iPhones, we're in beta testing for the Android version. If you'd like to test it with us and for us, please volunteer. Write to admin at JenniferHadley.com. Also, we're testing a new version of the um, Apple Version. Uh, We could use some testers for that as well. So write to admin at jenniferhadley.com. Stick that breath of love and gratitude hand on our heart. We're grateful and thankful to call forth the Holy Spirit to make our relationships holy. We're grateful and thankful to say yes to divine healing, insight, wisdom, clarity, freedom, truth, and joy showing up in all of our relationships. We're grateful and thankful to let go of all the blocks to love and all the patterns of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. So grateful and so thankful to walk the talk and live the love together, sharing the benefits with all. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. I love you. Have a great rest of your week.